0: Lord, we praise you for your goodness. Truly, God, your goodness comes after us over and over again. Your goodness and your grace have chased us right to this place, right here God, right now. Your grace is here. Your goodness is here God. May you cause your glory to pass before us even today God, that we would see the goodness of the Lord in our own lives. God, we give you this day. We we present ourselves to you like, like a, a drink offering upon the sacrifice, like a living sacrifice that we are. We, we bring our lives to you God. We lay them down before you god we want to be in your hands lord will you take us up today these lumps of clay that we are and i pray that your word and your spirit will press upon us god that you'd shape and mold us more and more into the image of god lord will you increase our faith right now fill in the gaps of our faith God, may we listen with faith and in faith and receive all that you want to, to speak to us, all that you want to impart to us. And I pray right now that every lie, God, would be rooted out of our hearts and minds in Jesus' name. God, that there'd be a great, like, uh, surplanting of lies and a great implanting of your truth about who we are. In Christ. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen and amen. Welcome everybody. So happy to be here with all of you. Take a seat. Yeah, it's it's a full day, and I know that God has an abundance for you. I want to encourage you, man, as the day goes on, stay alert, stay awake, do whatever it takes. Pump the coffee down. Hey, God's greater than coffee, by the way. And he's able to cause his power to rest upon us when our flesh gets weak, when we start to lose maybe some of our focus and attention. I pray he just quickens you in those moments so that you can just keep gathering in and gathering in all that God has for you. Oh, he is so excited that you're here today. I can feel it because I got woke up at 3.30 this morning because he's that excited and so am I. And um, he reminded me of something early this morning while I was still in bed. Um, He might not be shocked at this, but he spoke the word behold to me. Uh, (laughs) But he was actually reminding me about um, how the word behold is used in the Gospels By the apostles, by those disciples, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That word behold is used so many times in the gospels. And it's a little bit different than the Old Testament use of the word that um, Denise had shared with us earlier. So, when the, in most cases in the gospels, that word behold, the um, disciples used as they were ready to tell us about something amazing that Jesus did. And so they would start the story with, behold, exclamation point. And it's a, an exclamation. And it means, like, pay attention. Listen, look, because what I'm about ready to tell you is seemingly impossible. And yet, it occurs. And then they go on to tell the story of something amazing that Jesus did or something amazing they witnessed. And I pray that for each one of us today, that behold will become part of your testimony. That as you share your life with other people and what God has done in your life, that you'd be like, hey, check it out. You know, behold, What I'm about ready to share with you is seemingly impossible. I thought it was impossible. I thought it would never happen. And yet, it occurred. God did it. And so I pray that by the end of this day, that's something that you're able to take with you for the rest of your lives. that today would be a defining day for you in your walk with God. Thank you for the water. Um, I want to just say hi really quick. I have a few friends that came from Huntington Beach, and wow, thanks. I'm from Huntington Beach. I've lived there for almost 40 years now with my husband, who I've been married to for, I think, 37 years now. will be 37 years next month. Um, we've raised four kids there, and now we're enjoying our 10 grandkids who all live kind of down the street from us. And I'll tell you what, I love being everyday nana. I love it. It wears me out usually on a Saturday. I would be with some or many of them. I think last Saturday I had five of them. all spend the night. It was nuts. Um, and so this feels like a great getaway. And, you know, this is why I tell them. This is what Nana does when I'm not with you guys. Like, I love to share Jesus. And I love to encourage women in their faith. And um, so, yeah. You know, I was thinking about, um, you know, when we meet people for the first time, and I really, you're going to get to know a little bit about me today, but I really want to get to know a little bit about you, too, and so I hope, like, in between sessions and things, you'll just come up, introduce yourself, um, you know, share some of your story with me. I would love to hear your stories, too, Um, but I was thinking about how funny it can be sometimes when we meet people for the first time. You know, I mean, of course, it's only natural. We want to put our best foot forward. We want to leave a good impression on people, you know, the first time that we meet them. And I've um, found throughout my life, um, you know, sometimes I contend when I when I meet someone for the first time, like, I, I want to like, you know, like, hi, I'm Cher and kind of put off like this. I am, I am really like... Confident, <laughs> I'm strong. I'm kind of a tough girl, you know. I'm capable, you know. And but it doesn't take more than like about thirty seconds if I've been with you, you realize like, mm, kind of unsure sometimes. Kind of don't know the right thing to say, the right thing to do. Um, and pretty much, I'm a softy on the inside. I'm not a tough girl, even though I like to think I am. You know, just a softy on the inside. And my guess is that. Whatever no matter what kind of something you try and put out to other people that on the inside you're really just a softy too. You know? I think God has made men and women that way, his creation that way. He's made us soft and vulnerable on the inside. Kinda and sometimes we're kind of like a Tootsie Pop, right? Kind of hard. How many licks does it take to get to the center? You know, to that soft shapeable moldable place God has made us that way because he has looked forward to the day when you would just let him take you up take up your life where you just get into his hands he he loves that you're in his hands and that's the place where he your master creator can shape and mold you and recreate your original image create the image of Christ you know Um, in you. And the trouble is, is that we fall into many hands as we go through life, right? Well, I have a very important question to start out this conference with. And if you're taking notes, I really want you to write this question down because it's something that I want you to think about seriously today. And if need be, as you go on from today, that you continue to have that question in front of you. So the question is, who or what have you allowed, have you allowed to shape and mold your idea of your identity? Who or what have you allowed to shape and mold your perception, your idea of who you are? Okay, we know, I mean, this is not going to be, a news flash for anybody, but we know that we are living in a world where we have many forces coming at us, right? Um, if we were just to take the world we live in, for example, and think about all that comes at us to try and define what a woman should be, Right? All the images, all of social media, all of news media, everything that's trying to give you their opinion about what a woman should be, who a woman should be, right? We're barraged with images, with opinions, Right? I was thinking this morning just about the World Wide Web. I mean, I heard God speaking those words over me as I was waking up, like, share, just think about that name, World Wide Web. And I'd never thought about it in terms of a web, like a spider web, you know, that traps us. You know, we get trapped. I'm think about a spider web. It traps its victim to do what? (laughs) wraps it up. And then to suck the life out of its victim. (laughs) The World Wide Web, you know? And then think about world commerce. You know, the w- humans know humanity. We know we're soft, vulnerable. Oftentimes, when we don't know the truth of our identity, we have a lot of insecurities. And the world has made an industry out of capitalizing upon human weakness, human softness, human vulnerability, human insecurity. Makes bank on our insecurities, guys. <laughs> right? Um, and, and man, if if we don't know who we are, we're going to get caught in the web, right? We're going to have the life sucked out of us. We're going to have, think about just the term branding that's used in marketing, right? In world commerce. Where did that word come from? I mean, what's the uh, origins of branding, right? You might picture like a cowboy, right? On a ranch and with a long, hot steel rod and at the end of the rod is what? It's a lo- basically like a logo, a brand that's identifying ownership so that whatever, after he heats that, that um, brand in a hot fire and then he presses it upon whatever he's claiming as his, it's a mark that identifies ownership, identifying that thing that's marked with its owner, right? Think about branding in the world and is it not doing the same thing a brand you know creates a whole lifestyle around that brand right and then we think that we can purchase a brand and somehow buy into some of that lifestyle as if we can roll on deodorant and be carefree all day right (laughs) okay and there's satan i mean this is no shocker either if you've walked with god for 30 seconds you know satan's alive active coming at you, lying to you about who you are in Christ. Satan has been at work since Adam and Eve, maligning God's character, twisting, lying, perverting how man sees God, how man sees others, and how man even sees himself, right? And then, um, you know, I think Satan has been working overtime in this generation in trying to separate Creation from creator. Now, he can't do that in reality. But he can certainly plant lies and questions, doubts. Is there really a creator? And look at how successful, successful he has been in this present generation of separating creation in mind, creation from creator. So what does that leave for creation? It leaves, I have to define who I am. I have to figure out, am I a boy or a girl? I have to figure out, right, am I other or alien? It's up to me. Now, I'm the one in authority, and I'm the one who has to... And no wonder the world's having an identity crisis, right? And it is a crisis, a pandemic. Talk about pandemic. I think identity crisis for the world uh, eclipses, far, far outweighs um, the pandemic of COVID, um, and, and just deteriorating life and destroying life, um, you know. Also, um, we can try and shape and mold our own identity, right? When we're driven by pride, when we're we fear that maybe we're not enough, or maybe we're too much, right? Or we fear not being accepted, or we fear not belonging. We fear rejection. Right? And we can start to shape and mold an identity for ourselves. Well, I feel like I am most influenced by the people, the friends, you know, my loved ones, those people that I love and respect the most. What they say about me, their opinions of me, hold a lot of weight. Right? I, I found that they've had the most influence <laughs> over me. Um, Who or what, another question, you can write it down if you want. Who or what do you identify yourself with? A home church? A pastor? A ministry leader? leader, A circle of friends? A political party? Your teenager's thoughts of you? (laughs) The car you drive? The shoes you wear? The zip code you live in? your career, your ministry, a movement you've joined, none of these things define you. And what you do is not who you are. Before you were a daughter, before you were a mom or a grandma, before you were a student or a manager or a hairstylist or a dentist or a lawyer, your first and foremost, the child of God, okay? And you are God's woman, first and foremost. That's who you are, and God is your maker. You are his workmanship, and probably many of you know that that word workmanship from Ephesians 2.10 in Greek is poema, right? You're his poem, right? And the author of anything, whether it's a poem a book, the creator of anything, whether it's a sculpture or a painting, is the one who has authority to define what his creation will be and how his creation will be used. God is your author. He's the author. He'll be the finisher of your faith. Well, until our faith is firmly wrapped and rooted into the very fibers, like our faith needs to get all tangled up into the fibers of God's truth, as God's truth is revealed in His Word. Hey, until that happens, You know, until we get our faith rooted in the truth of who God says we are in Christ Jesus, hey, we're going to be easily impressed, depressed, oppressed, misshapen by the world, by the world wide web, by world marketing and commerce, by Satan, by what other people say about us. We will be vulnerable to all of that. We must know the truth, but I'm going to tell you the challenge, not only of this moment and of this day, but the challenge of your life is going to be to believe God, to believe who God says you are in Christ. Believe what he says about you, you know, and, and be immovable from that place. Um, I, oh, I just wanted to throw this out here too. I just wrote that this down this morning. I think it's really important that even right now, even in your heart, you would just take a quick, quick moment in your heart to acknowledge God as the one in authority to define who you are. That you just make that acknowledgement in your heart right now to honor him, to honor His word to honor the creation he has made you. I choose to honor you, God. I will no longer respect the lies. I will no longer honor things that are not true about me. I'm going to honor you. It's a choice I'm making today and as many days as I need to make that (laughs) moving forward. I've heard that what a woman believes she will die for, but what a woman thinks she'll change her mind about. See how important believing and, and letting God deal with any doubts you might have about who he says you are today. That This is what today is all about. If you go home with one thing, I pray that it is, I believe what God says about me. Man, that is going to change your life absolute game changer in your walk with God and in your life. Hey, knowing our identity is not the end all, but it is a means to the end of um, chronic preoccupation with self. I know it almost seems contrary that we would spend a day kind of thinking about me, you know, thinking about ourselves, but it's really a means to an end of chronic preoccupation with self. You know, worrying about am I enough or am I too much or what do people think about me? Um, and you know, it really frees us up. It will set us free to love and relate to God rightly. It's going to free us up to relate rightly to people, to love people generously because you find yourself, you're not going to be self-protecting anymore you know, and it just frees you up to do that. And then it will free you up and propel you in the good work God ordained for your life, you know, and we want that freedom. That's sometimes we have to fight for faith, that good fight of faith. Will you fight for it for yourself today? I'm telling you, I've been fighting for you. The women that are praying in this church have been fighting For that, you know, for you today. So will you put up a little bit of fight today for faith? Okay. Awesome. Sometimes you got to kind of like bob and weave the lies, you know, and put up our dukes for faith. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, Lord, I just pray your Holy Spirit would be released right now. God, change our minds where our minds need to be changed. Root out lies. Replace with your truth, I pray in Jesus' name. Well, I think that one of the most exciting aspects of belonging to God is that when we first place our faith in him, the second we place our faith in him, we become a new creation in Christ That very moment, we become a new creation. And I think this is a a silly question, but do you like new? (laughs) Who doesn't like new? Everybody likes new, right? I mean, we can have an appreciation for something old, but we all love new, right? (laughs) Um, I think we love new because God loves new. He's the creator of new. Like new is what God does and he does it really good. (laughs) But we all know the reality of new in this world. New becomes old very quickly, right? Um, I'll never forget, you know, God keeps us probably in a daily experience with that very fact that new becomes old quickly. Um, I'll never forget, as a young mom, young wife, um, we'd only been married a couple years, we had a couple kids, a couple dogs, and um, the Lord blessed us with a new house. And so we didn't want to bring any of the old furniture into the new house. And so we kind of moved in with two beanbag chairs, a bed and a kitchen table. And that was like the extent of what we had. And hey, we had to save up. We had to wait to start bringing furniture and to, you know, fill that home up. And I had my eyes, my heart set on uh, new couches from Pottery Barn. They were identical. Same couches. I wanted two of them. I knew just where they were going to go and how they were going to be situated in the house. And when the day came, I was able to run down and go order those things. And then delivery day came. And in came to my empty home these two New, beautiful couches from Pottery Barn. Man, those things smelled good. They looked good. They felt good. Me and my husband and the kids and the dogs, we all hopped onto the couches, rolled all over the couches. If I remember right, we even slept on those couches that night. And truth, it was not 24 hours before one of the kids had an accident on one of the couches, and a dog got, got sick on the other couch. <laughs> From that day forward, those two brand new, beautiful new couches became forever known as the potty barn couches. <laughs> and that's just the reality of new on this earth. New becomes old very quickly. <laughs> Well, when I was growing up, um I got to move around uh, fairly often and I actually loved moving. You know, for me they became opportunities to, for a fresh new start. You know? Um new house, new neighbors, uh new school, new set of friends, gave me the opportunity to usually ditch a bad reputation. And, and a, a moment, an opportunity to try and recreate myself, right? Um, but inevitably, the old me would always show up. Like someone gave the old me my, uh, my forwarding address every time. It was just a matter of time before the old me showed up to the new school, the new home, the new friends, the new neighbors. And that's just, you know, we have no power to recreate ourselves. We are powerless, to recreate, to transform ourselves. We have no power to do that. Um, by the time I was 22, um, I got married and I brought the old me right into that new marriage. Maybe some of you did that too. I was still a liar. I was still a cheater. And that's, trust me, a very the, very, the short list. <laughs> and I um, I, my husband owned, um, already had an established business in Huntington Beach at that time. And so, you know, I kind of started to like come to grips with reality that I probably wouldn't be moving anymore. I wouldn't be moving out of Huntington Beach. And that has become true. I haven't moved out of Huntington Beach. Um, and uh, the reality started to set in that I would no longer have a chance to basically run away from myself. Because I realized that's what I was doing. I was just running away from myself. I began to feel um, hopeless. I began to feel like trapped and um, like panicked almost, and um, and kind of frozen. You see, I wanted to be a better person. I really did. Um, I just don't know how to be that. I didn't know how to do that, you know. Um, you ever? You, I mean, we still do it today, even as Christian women. We're like, we go to bed regretting something we did for, you know, the millionth time that day. And we go to bed, and all night long, we're like, I will never do that again. I'm never going to do that again. You know, God, you know, I will not do that again. And we wake up, and we're so determined. I'm not going to do that again. And, like, we go downstairs, you know, and it's like, we've already done it again again, you know, before we've had our coffee. And I don't know, we have no power to transform ourselves. But um, yeah, I felt pretty frozen um, at that time and stuck, trapped. I wanted to be better and do better, but I just couldn't. And um, the first four years of being married, the old me was already ruining my new marriage with the same old destructive behaviors. Um, and this is when God sent a new neighbor who became a new best friend and there was something very different about her. And she had opened up her heart, her home to me. In fact, her whole family did. She was like a little bit older, a season ahead of me. And because, because she opened up her heart and her home to me, she was accessible, I had a pretty up-close view of her and and how she lived her life, and how she respected her husband, and how her kids treated her and um and I was just like, "Wow, wow, I want that, I want to be like that, you know, um and she listened long to me, you know, it was a pretty amazing thing because. I was, there was not much lovely about me, but that woman loved me and I knew it. She accepted me for who I was in that moment of my life and I'll never forget that. Um, one day, even though I had never, we'd known each other for about a year, we had been friends for about a year, and I'd never shared with her these things that I was deeply ashamed about and felt guilty about. I, I kept them in the dark. I would never share them with anybody because I was too ashamed. And But I think she could just see the pain on me. I think, you know, people can see the pain on us, right? And one day, she shared Jesus with me and she said share god can remove that pain he can remove the shame he can remove those stains that sin has left on your on your life and he he'll throw that i mean these were her exact words he can take all of that and he'll throw it into the depths of the sea and he'll remember it no more golden words absolutely golden words, words of life that I needed to hear. You know, I couldn't forget the things I had done, and my husband wasn't letting me forget some of the things I had done uh, that God would forget. Wow. And then she went on to say and share, God can make you a new creation in Christ, and old things, they will pass away, and you will Behold, all things become new in your life. And I gave my life to Jesus Christ right then and there. That was 32 years ago. And on that day, in that moment, I became forever new now. Forever new now. Um, And that's what we become when we place our life in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation Old things, now check out the tense of the verbs, have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. In this world, new things go from new to old. But the redeemed of God go from new to new. You are forever new now. You are not going backwards. You are not losing ground. God is not sitting you down and rehashing your past with you. He's not taking you back in history. You are moving forward as a new creation, and you are going to behold all things become new. Um, you know, God has made us entirely new. We are an entirely new creation. We have not been remixed. There is none of the old you incorporated into the new you. You are not an improvement project of God. He is not making you a better version of yourself. You are an entirely new creature in Christ You are a work in progress, but you are good as done. You are complete in Christ. And everything about you is new. God has made you uniquely you, but distinctly in the image of God. Everything is new about you. God has given you new spiritual life. He's, you know, you were spiritually dead, mortal. He's made you immortal, (laughs) eternal. Um, He's given you a new right relationship with God. We were at odds with God. We were enemies of God at a distance from God. And now he has given you a new right relationship with God. He's given you a new way to relate to other people. You used to be dominated by selfishness. And now you're becoming more and more selfless, right? He's given you a new mind, the mind of Christ that is continually being renewed, right? He's given us um, a new nature, right? We used to be dominated by a sin nature, and now we're partakers of the divine nature of Jesus. He's given you a new attitude. You used to be irritable, but now you're spiritual. Come on, people. He's given you new work. You used to be busy building up your own kingdom, right? But now you're in motion, building up God's kingdom. I love it. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. A new name, new citizenship. On and on. Everything new about you. You've even been given new spiritual DNA. Everything for a fully mature, immortal, glory-filled woman is already in you. Everything you've ever hoped to be, dreamt of being, that woman of integrity, that woman of substance, that woman of significance, you already are. Like I said, you're a work in progress, but you are good as done. You are complete in Christ. All the spiritual DNA has been planted in you. Hey, do you know why the women of the world, I think, feel like they have to Stomp and shout and yell, demand, you know, march. I think it's because women who are not redeemed by God, I guess that's what I mean by women of the world, women who are not redeemed by God do not have the spirit of the living God in them. The one who actually creates new, the one who actually transforms, the one who can take something that is not and make something that is. <laughs> the God who actually has the power to change things. When you don't have the, whole, the spirit of the living God in you, then you have to shout, demand, march, spotlight yourself, erect your own platform, you know? But you, oh women of God, you have the spirit of the living God in you. The God of new is in you, and he's doing new in you and through you. And now you can quietly, meekly, gracefully speak, pray. Reconciliation, Lord. Revival, Lord. Renewal, Lord. And God, God's power through your faith is being released, set into motion to do new in the lives, and the things, the peoples, the churches, the laws, everywhere. Where you speak it, you pray it, and you're gently, meekly, gracefully. God is doing new in you and through you. While you're a new creature in Christ. And old things have passed away. Now I want you to really track with me right here. Because I know this is a really familiar verse. Most of you know it probably a lot of you have memorized it. I imagine many of you have taught that verse before, so it's really easy to black out about right now. (laughs) Right? Okay, but I want to hope and pray God will show you something new in this truth of your identity because it's a profound, deep, life-changing truth. Okay, so we're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Well, what old things? What old things? Well, according to God's word, every old thing. Every former thing. And old things, according to this verse, refers to time, conditions, and the things of men. And this includes our old sin nature and the effects that that sin had upon us, either by our own sin, our own doing, or by the doing of someone else. It's sin that misshaped you. That's what misshaped you before Christ, right? It warped us. It misshaped us. It might have left a mark on some of you. Okay, when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, something life changing happens. <laughs> so God who we know works outside of time continuum, right? God can move move both forward and backward in time, right? He has the ability to do that. Well, when you the moment of conversion, the moment you placed your faith in him, God's power and grace went backward in your life, traced backward to the point of origin of where you were misshaped by sin traces back with his power and his grace touches those points of origin takes those points of origin up into his hands and he heals he makes whole he restores into the image of God pretty fantastic right okay so you're a new creature in Christ old things have passed away The idea behind this phrase of passed away, have passed away, means that that same power and grace of God not only omitted the damaging effects that sin had upon your life, not only healed, made whole, but then his same power and grace picks up your life, carries it in his hands, and carries you past and away. From that point of origin, that place that got misshaped, that's what God is doing. It's not like, oh, old things will pass away. Old things have passed away in your life. God has already touched that place of origin from your past. He's already done it. He's already touched it, healed it, made it whole. And now, by his power and grace, he is carrying you. past and away from that point of origin. The problem is, the trouble is, is that often and often the emotional trauma of what some of us experience in our past makes us to believe or think that we're still marked by that thing because we feel the emotional residue as God's carrying us past and away, right? And we, we feel something very strongly in a moment that happened in the past and we think, oh, it's still there, right? So we sign up for 10 more years of therapy, Right? And I don't mean to discount therapy, counseling, anything at all. And if you're getting help, by all means get, get whatever help you need, but I'm just here to declare God's truth to you. That's all I'm doing. I'm just letting you know that the Holy Spirit is getting us caught up to the reality that you're a new creation in Christ. All things have passed away, and by his grace and his power and in his hands, you will behold all things become new in your life. But I'm telling you, we're going to have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author, Right? the finisher of our faith. We're going to have to keep beholding Jesus as he carries us past and away. The temptation is to look back. The temptation is to rehash. The temptation is to go back and say, oh, that's who I am. I'm always marked by that. We let it define us. And I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, that past former thing does not have the authority to define you any longer in Jesus' name. Okay? You know, all of creation has been affected by sin and the curse. I mean, that extends beyond the earth and everything that the earth holds and includes. It extends beyond the heavens. It extends out into the far reaches of the universe of God's creation, which I don't know does it have an ending? I have no idea where God's creation ends. I'm kind of thinking, you know, there is no end to God's creation. And everything, absolutely everything to the far reaches has been affected by sin and the curse at all. All of creation fell under the curse, right? We think time wears things out, but the reality is is that sin and the curse have put into motion decay and death. But when Christ died and then was resurrected, the curse was broken. Sin was stopped, death was defeated, and now everything that is redeemed by God becomes forever new now. Hey, and we're just the first fruits. We're the first to be redeemed by God, but all of creation will follow man's redemption story right into the new earth, the new heaven, new creation. I mean, God himself says in Revelation, behold, I make all things new. You know, God is the God of new. He is new. He loves to do new. I love that God defines his own identity in the Bible for us, right? He reveals his nature, his character for us in the Bible, his plans, his purposes, and he defines himself as the alpha, right? That first letter in the Hebrew alphabet, right? Denoting something new. Um, and then he calls himself the author. Why? Because he's the author of everything. He's the author of your faith, the, the author of your spiritual life. He calls himself the first Because Jesus was the firstborn from the dead, and because God takes first place in everything, he takes preeminence. Man, if you want to jot down, because I don't think I'm going to have time to read the whole thing today, but Colossians chapter 1, I want to say it probably starts in verse 15 to the end, Colossians 1, 15 to the end. If you get three seconds today, sit down by yourself and go read that, okay? Okay? He takes preeminence. He created all things for himself, right? And he's before all things and in all things. And oh man, I love those verses so much. Okay. He also calls himself the beginning, right? Because he's the starting point of absolutely everything. And God is the origin of original. You could, we can trace everything back to God that exists. Man, behold, I make all things new. And I want to ask you this morning at the onset, do you want or need to be transformed? Do you want to go, you know, from glory to glory? Do you want God to work in you that way today? It does not need to take five years. God... God is not restrained, you know, in his power to transform you today. But we got to believe it. We've got to want it. Do you want something new? Maybe you need new, fresh hope. Maybe just even to hope that God would want to transform me, that God could transform me or transform a loved one. And we need renewed hope, new hope. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're like, yeah, I've been kind of far away from God. And I need fresh mercies. I need new mercies. And, and you know, his mercy is here for you right now. It is continually. Talk about something that is forever new now. <laughs> his mercy is continually f- for you. His arms are wide open for you today. And maybe some of you are here, sitting here this morning, and you're like, man. I want to be made a new creation in Christ. I want spiritual, new spiritual life. I want and need a new, right relationship with God. And so what I'm going to ask all of you to do is to have everybody stand up. And I just want to pray over you before we go any further along the way this morning. Hey, you can close your eyes. You don't have to close your eyes. I don't care what you do. I just hoping and praying your heart is responding to God right now okay you know our bodies look present here (laughs) is there a spiritual heartbeat right that wants to respond to God right now so I just quickly for the sake of praying over you I just want you really as like as an acknowledgement to God not to me or anybody else that's in this room but as an acknowledgement to God can you if you need a new hope Fresh hope, like, yes, God, I'm I'm like starting to grow dim and hope that you can actually change me or change somebody I love. Will you just hold your hand up? Awesome, yeah, right. I'm going to share a story later about like, I was kind of right there just last month. Okay, put your hands down and how about a fresh start? Do some of you just feel like, yeah, I need some new mercies, man. I need a new, fresh start with God, in my marriage, with my kids, I need a a fresh start, I need an opportunity, Lord, to put put forward a new faith foot in my life. If that's you, just raise your hands up so I can just see, awesome, yes, we all do, by the way. (laughs) And do you want new spiritual life? Do you want to be made a new creation in Christ? Do not wait for the end of the day. Let God get you in his hands now and start that, that transforming work in your life, making everything new right here, right now, that old things could pass away literally right now in this moment Isn't that tremendous? There's nobody, nothing in your life that has the power to do that. But God, you can't even do that for yourself. If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up really quick. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Lord, you see... Lord, every woman here, you love every woman here. You are fully committed to their spiritual well-being. You alone have the power to transform lives. God, you've seen hearts and hands respond to you saying, yes, I need new hope, Lord. I need fresh hope. God, will you fill in the cracks of faith? I thank you that you're the God of all hope and you fill with all joy and peace in believing that hope would abound. And so I pray, God, hope would abound in those whose hope has grown dim and feels a little on empty. God, that you renew our faith and help us to believe, God, that it is absolutely your plan and intent to change us and to transform the ones that we love and are praying for. And Lord, you've seen those who have stood up and raised their hand and acknowledged that they need a fresh new start. God, new mercies, and thank you that your arms are wide open. You've waited for this moment. Thank you that even now you're bringing in, you're forgiving sin, you're forgiving all those things, you're taking that sin, you're throwing it into the depths of the sea, you're not going to rehash it later with them, God. Lord, I thank you that today is the day that we can rejoice in because, oh Lord, you delight to show mercy. And, and mercy definitely triumphs over judgment. And so God may today be like a fresh new start with, with my sisters and you. And, and in their marriages, with their children, with their co-workers, with those they feel like, man, I really blew it. I really blew it that time. And Lord, I need another chance. I need another opportunity grant, I pray you would grant that today, God. And then for those who want to be made a new creation in Christ, who want to place their faith in Jesus, I pray, that, I'd ask that you just hold your hands out by faith right now, if that's you. And Lord, you see those ones that are reaching out to you, that are opening up their hearts and their hands to you, God, that need a savior. Lord, that maybe you're feeling the weight of guilt and shame on their life, feeling forever stained by those things. I thank you, God, that right now as they come to you by faith, you're removing those sins And you're hurling them into the depths of the sea, remembering them no more. And I pray, God, that you would fill each one that has their hands open right now with your Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the living God would fill them now. Lord, That thank you that even in this very moment, old things just passed away. (laughs) And as they move out from this room, they're going to behold, even today, all things become new. So I pray you'd work powerfully in every life today.